0: Hey everyone, Don here. Welcome to another pregame edition of Friday Night Stripes. Um, today we're going to be talking about the back judge position, and we're going to do it in a, in a couple different ways. We're going to talk about some of the responsibilities, and we're also going to do what I did with the wing positions, and we're going to kind of just run through a couple plays and kind of stream a consciousness on what um, is involved in what the back judge is doing. So, the first thing I wanted to talk about when it comes to the back judge is the uh, is the kickoff. How do we start every game? We start every game with a kickoff. So, um, the back judge is responsible for the kickers. He's responsible for making sure they have 11. Um, I personally won't let the game start um, with more than 11 or less than 11. I'll just I'll make sure they get it right. Um and they're also responsible for making sure all the non-kickers, all the players who are not kicking the ball, are in front of the uh, the yard line that is five yards beyond the free kick. I'm sorry, behind the free kick line. Um, he's also responsible for making sure they line up with four on either side of the kicker. Um, when it gets to there being four on either side of the kicker when the ball is actually kicked, that's going to be hard for him to tell because he's looking straight down the line. Um, he might need a little help there, um, but he can certainly potentially look for, for odd movement of a, of a player running a, behind the kicker to get to the other side. So, um and then his responsibility on the kickoff is one to make sure we don't have a pop-up kick, and that's a kick that's, a kick that's driven into the ground, um, and and goes high in the air to simulate a pop uh, uh, to simulate a kick that was just lifted high, um, and short. Um, those we kill immediately. Um, he's also responsible for uh, encroachment, so the the kicking team crossing over the restraining line before the ball is kicked. Um, I will say that as far as I'm concerned on a normal kickoff, I'm not going to split hairs here. If they're a touch off, if they're a foot off, if they're a helmet off, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get them for it. Um, On an onside kick, they need to be perfect. Um, There there can be no encroachment at all on an onside kick because they're, that is gaining an advantage, um, so that's that's pretty much it for the uh, for the kickoff. So um, we'll talk about punts next. Now on punts, the back judge is supposed to be ten to twelve yards wider than the uh, the deepest receiver and about two to three yards. Um, behind the deepest receiver on the head linesman side of the field. And the reason he's on the head linesman side is that the line judge is running down there at the snap. So you're going to have help on that side. Um, We've had some discussion as to that two to three yards behind the deepest receiver. Um, if If you are behind the receiver, you do run into a case where you might get screened at seeing a um, a fair catch signal. Now if the receiver's giving you a good fair catch signal you're gonna see it um, even if you're behind the, the receiver but what you might miss is an invalid one where they kind of wave it in front of their chest. So there's been some discussion about coming up and being even with the uh, receiver so you can see those invalid ones that, that are low and at the chest level. Um, and then when the, when the ball is kicked, you're, you're watching for f- fair catches. Um, your, your sole responsibility is the uh, re- returner. And then once he possesses the ball, that is the end of the kick. So we need a beanbag there for any PSK enforcement. Um, and that's only when he possesses the ball. If he muffs the ball, there's no beanbag necessary there because that's not a, a spot of enforcement. It's only when and if he possesses the ball that we have a, um, a, a beanbag. Technically, we could have a beanbag if he muffs it and K recovers, but the ball's gonna be dead there anyway. So um, yes, you could beanbag it, but ball will be dead, so it won't really matter. Um, one thing to be very wary of, and, and you hear it said multiple times if you're back judges, you've got to be really careful about that whistle. So if you've got a receiver who gives a fair catch signal, you've got to be have real good whistle control because what you don't want to have happen is him catch the ball and muff it. So have it just go straight through his hands. It looks like it's going to be a perfect catch because it's coming right in his cradle and it just goes right on through. Um, you're going to want to anticipate that and and you have to have good whistle control and and keep from anticipating that. Um, Just wait till you see it possessed and then blow the whistle. If it was a fair catch, they shouldn't be hitting him anyway. So your whistle's not really protecting him. Uh, Next, um, we have field goals and uh, tries. So, on a field goal or try, the back judge is going to be one of the two officials underneath the, uh, the goalposts um, with the other wing. Whichever wing is to the referee's back um, is going to be at the, the other goalpost. This depends on referee by referee and association by association, but some um, referees prefer to keep all the whistles for field goals and, and tries some referees like the back judge to have all the whistles for field goals and tries and some like to split it giving the field goal whistle to the back judge and giving the try whistle to the referee do it however you want um, come, come to some agreement with your referee or association just know that um, on, a, on a try the ball is essentially dead when kicked so it, 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 you, you can have uh, uh, you can blow the whistle at that point um, a try ends on four things when B secures possession when it's apparent that a kick will not score when the try is successful and when the ball becomes dead for any other reason so even a blocked try that is recovered by K behind the neutral zone is a dead ball Um, Because at that point, the place kick will not score. So that is one reason why referees hold on to the whistle for the try. It's Again, it's up to you. On on field goals, um, there is no whistle until the ball crosses the goal line. It is treated essentially as a scrimmage kick. It is treated as a punt. So that ball is live until it crosses the goal line. When it crosses the goal line, there's nothing that's going to happen besides a touchback or it's going to go through the uprights and there's a score. Um, but until that happens, it's live. So if you're the back judge, you've got to hold on that whistle until it does one of those two things. It crosses the goal line and or goes through. Um, you could hit it when it crosses the goal line, whether it's going to go through or not. Your, your choice. Um, so that's, that's where we are on, on scrimmage kicks. Where most of the action happens is the keys for the back judge and who they're watching at the snap. Now the NFHS Mechanics Manual says that the back judge has the outmost receiver, outermost receiver, to the strong side. So if there are if there are more receivers to one side than the other. The back judge has the outermost one or outermost two if there are three to one side. Um, I also know some back judges who take the innermost ones. Again, it's going to depend on your association and your crew. Make sure you're in agreement with your wings on what you're taking um, so that they know what to, to look for. I know that the reason that the NFHS manual dictates that the back judge takes the outermost is the um, snap tackle key um, mantra for wing officials so if you're going from the snap to the tackle to your key you want that key to be the innermost receiver if you go snap tackle key and go the outermost receiver it's just a, a little bit more eye movement Um, I I believe that's the reason the NFHS has it go, has the back judge cover the outermost receivers. Again, work with your crews, make sure you communicate. So if, if the formation has equal number of receivers to either side, then the back judge takes the outermost to the line judge side. Um, and, and leaves the headlinesman to deal with all of his receivers. Uh, that's pretty much it on keys. So let, let's, let's go through a couple plays here. Um, the first one, uh, so I'm just going to walk through a couple plays, how I would think about them in my mind. Um, so what we've got is we've got the end of a play. So at the end of the previous play, I'm, I'm going to watch for the covering official to hold his hand in the air. And then assuming it's a 40-second clock play, I'm going to flip my um, my timer to start the 40-second clock. And I'm going to put my hand in the air to signify that I've done that. I do not believe that is a nationwide mechanic. I believe that is something our association does, is have the back judge put his hand in the air to mark that he's started the 40 seconds. Um, at 25... So my timer will bu- will vibrate when there's 25 seconds left. So at 25, um, I will make sure that the ball is ready for play. If the ball's not in, in a ready to play state, and I don't I don't mean the definition of ready to play, but I mean, it's at least near the area. if the ball's not there, then I'm going to signal to the referee that we're at 25 seconds. And that's a way for him to decide whether to go ahead and reset the clock um, to a 25 second clock. So that can happen if, um, if the ball goes way out of the way and we have a hard time getting a ball in from a ball boy, um, th- there could be a number of reasons why the ball isn't ready by the time there are 25 seconds left. So anyway, that's, that's just some philosophy on the play clock. Let me go back to walking through it. So put my hand in the air that I've started the 40. Um, I count the defense. Okay. There's no substitutions. Um, I count my linemen, I got four there, I count the right side two there, I left side two there, okay, I got three in the middle, okay, we're good, we got 11. Um, and I'll go ahead and thrust my, my fist out with my thumb up to signify that I've got 11. Um, 25 second buzz goes off, I look, ball's set, it's ready, um, the team's still huddling, that's, that's up to them, so we're good there. Uh, they're come, they the offense breaks the huddle they come out. I've got one receiver to my right, I'm sorry one receiver to the uh, headlinesman side and two receivers to the back uh, to the line judge side. So i'm going to take the outermost receiver on the line judge side and that's where my eyes are going to go first. So just settling in making sure everybody's set. And then I'm going to settle in and move myself to a decent position and watch for the snap. So the snap goes off. I've got my eyes on the on the outermost receiver on line judge side. He's just kind of standing there. So and nothing's really happening deep. After I see he's standing there and not engaging, I open up my view and look at all the other receivers. And there's no action coming my way. So that signifies that I probably got to run. Um, I do have the, one of the receivers on the headlinesman's side is he's, he's kind of running around. So I kind of got my eye on him. Uh, I I take a peek back towards the line of scrimmage and there's definitely a run going on, but this receiver is taking his defender um, deep, like he's running a route. So I've still got responsibility for covering that. So I I keep my eyes on that while trying to cover the play as well. Um, It ends up in the middle, so I've got nothing to do there. So I keep the uh, the deep receiver and the and the defensive backs boxed in. Um, they're doing a little drawing, but nothing much. I, I jog over to him. I say, "Hey, knock it off. Let's let's keep it clean." And and they're like, "Oh, we're just joking back and forth." I'm like, "All right, fine. Just keep it keep it cool." So they head back and we're good there. Um, after the play ended, I saw the line judge come in with his hand up. So I'd already flicked my uh, timer to 40 seconds. Uh, nothing going on. Twenty-five second timer goes off. I've, I'm good there. Ball still set, so we're good. Um, looking down. Okay. Offense is coming out uh, in their formation. Defense didn't change. Didn't substitute anybody. So I've already counted my eleven. Offense is coming out of their huddle. Um, this time they've got three to to the. Headlinesman side, um, and just a tight end to the line judge side. So I've got the outermost two on the uh, Headlinesman side. So again, I'm setting myself up, and I know that's where my keys are. Uh, There's the snap. Uh, All the receivers are coming downfield. Okay, my two keys immediately made crossing patterns to come across the middle of the field, uh, short, about umpire depth. Yet that inside receiver took a fly route. So he's coming deep. So at that point, you switch from your keys to zone coverage. And now I've got the guys in my zone. So I'm starting to, back, to, to get back to where I can cover that deep pass. Um, ball doesn't end up coming this way. So I'm kind of chasing these guys. Ball goes short. It's tackled there. Okay, ball's down. Headlinesman's got his hand in the air. So I go ahead and flick my... Uh, my timer to 40 seconds while I'm watching the uh, the dead ball action of these deep receivers. So we're good there. Uh, it's first down. Okay, so I, I I mirror first down to both sides. Uh, okay, I've got 11 on the field. So thumb out, good. Um, what do we got? Okay, so offense is coming out in in formation. We're good there. We've got uh, single receivers to either side. So I pick up the the receiver on the. Line judge side, all right. And here's the snap, and my guy's going deep. The the receiver on the line judge side's going deep, so I'm I'm staying with my key, and he's going deep, so I'm I'm back I'm, I'm moving back with him. And now the ball's in there and coming my way. Um, if you're lucky, it's not coming right at you. Um, that's one thing to be careful of. It you can't always avoid it as a back judge. It, it's just a little feel for the game back there. Um, but no, they're going they're going a sideline route to that receiver. So now I'm trying to get myself in good position to, to judge anything on that. And just after the ball was passed, both players went down in a heap. I didn't have that they were wrestling. I didn't I, my eyes were on them and I had nothing. I didn't have that one of them shoved the other down and he tripped over. I had that they tangled feet. Um, there could be, a case that the defender intentionally tangled feet because he was beat. It looked like they were side to side here. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. So I got nothing here. Um, I do hear the coach complaining that that's pass interference and, and depending on how the game's going, I might yell back. uh, They got tangled up. I might address it at the next, um, timeout or water break or what have you with the, uh, the official on that sideline. So he knows what I saw. Um, and so I could see if he saw anything. Um, so I had incomplete. He didn't have a flag either. So at that point, we're both kind of saying it was inadvertent. So um, so I got nothing. The ball's deep. Uh, it's still on the field. So I run off to get it. I look up. They've already got a ball in on their side. So I go ahead and get the ball off the field um, to the offense's side. All right. Um, in the middle of all that, I've got my 42nd clock running. Uh, we're at 25 seconds, and the umpire's still getting the ball in, and he's not set. So at, in our association, we kind of stick our uh, fist out to the side, like punching back, um, but side, but kind of the, so the referee can see punching to the side. Um, just as I punch to the side right at, at 25 seconds, the umpire's getting into position. He sets the ball down, the referee looks up, sees me, and waves me off. Um, so we're going to keep the, the 40 running there. Um, so, uh, the offense breaks their huddle. Um, they've got, they've got one receiver to the line judge side and nothing else. So, uh, and a tight end to the headlinesman side. So I'm going to take the receiver to the line judge side. Um, he goes in motion across to the lot headlinesman side. Um, so and, and before the ball snapped, he gets all the way outside. So because he's the outside receiver over there now, I've picked him. I've kept him as my key um, because the head, the line judge just had a, a tight end over there now. So I've got that receiver. And ball snapped, he blocks his man. We've got a running play. Nobody going deep. So I'm just kind of sitting there, kind of keeping an eye. I've got the widest view at this point. So I'm just trying to keep an eye on everything going on. Um, and then wouldn't you know, all, the, all of a sudden runner breaks right through the line of scrimmage and he's, he's on a dead sprint. Um, he's he's going to blow by the linebackers. And at that point, I've swiveled my hips and I'm gone. Um, and I'm trying to keep a 45 degree look at him um, because I, I've got to be watching for blocks. But at that point, my responsibility is the end of the play that I've got everybody else cleaning up behind me. So yeah, I've got my eye on the on the runner and, and stuff in his area, but I don't have a lot of the other stuff. That's going to be the other officials that are going to cover for me there. Um, running back keeps going. There's not really going to be anybody to catch him. There's no uh, there's no other activity going on that I can tell. Um, we get to the goal line. He scores. I go ahead and give my touchdown signal. Um, and that was that was pretty much it. So that that was a few plays to go through, um, what my thought process is on, on plays like that. Um, you notice that I gave myself the benefit of the doubt that I actually made it to the goal line with the, uh, with the running back at the same time. Um, depending on some of those running backs, some of them will beat you. Um, depending on how surprised you are that they bust through the middle. So, um, always something to watch. Um, it's not vital that you, Beat them to the goal line. Yes, the, the the mantra is that back judges should never get beat to the goal line. It's going to happen. You're going to get surprised because the ball is going to shoot out. the The, the runner is going to shoot out from a pile, um, and you're not going to you're not going to be have enough cushion um, to to keep up with the uh, the running back unless you're fast. And I'm sure we have got some fast back judges out there. So. It's not vital, that is, unless there is going to be a play at the goal line. And then it is vital that you're there to judge whether he was tackled short of the goal line, whether he fumbled short of the goal line. Um, you're going to have to get help without a bounds. But the ball crossing the goal line is what you're there for. Um, that's pretty much it. Um, I think I've covered a lot of things for the back judge. There's more out there. Um, This wasn't meant to be comprehensive, but just more touching the different things that the back judge deals with. Um, Hopefully it was helpful, and we'll see you again on the next Friday Night Stripes. Thanks for listening to Friday Night Stripes. Show notes and links to all of the episodes can be found on our website at FridayNightStripes.com. Reviews on Google Podcasts or Apple iTunes are always appreciated as they will help us reach more officials. We are always looking to talk to officials everywhere, so if you want to be a guest, please email hello at FridayNightStripes.com. If you have comments, ideas, or want to correct a mistake we made, you can email us at hello at FridayNightStripes.com. You can also continue the conversation by joining the Facebook group, Friday Night Stripes, or following us on Twitter at FridayNightStripes. Show music is Fight 'em Down by Flash Fluority, licensed by PremiumBeat.com. We'll see you on the next episode.